adventurer, come and have a seat at our table as we welcome you to another episode of Discussions and Dragons, the podcast where my brother and I take an in-depth look at the world of 5e and all things Dungeons and Dragons, opening and closing music credit to Will Savino at patreon.com slash musicd20. I'm Jaren. And I'm Britton. And this week, we are discussing low-level combat encounters and how we as DMs and players navigate them. So I was uh, organizing my, my thoughts here, and I initially started off by trying to categorize, um, and then I realized that they all kind of relate and fit together. So um, I think I'll just, uh, and I'm interested in this topic specifically because I think it's a really good one for uh, discussion and back and forth and hearing uh, your thoughts on them as a player and my thoughts as uh, as a DM. I tend to think about uh, when I'm creating these encounters, especially for low level, uh, and by low level, I guess I'm specifically talking about levels like one through four. Once you hit five, there's a bit of a power spike. I think about encounter variety and enjoyment, um, and then also the, the difficulty of the encounter. So in the topic of like variety and fun, I'm, I'm really talking about like creating encounters that are uh, not just a pile of stats that do movement and single action. You know, I want to have uh, a variety and things that do unique and interesting things. Some of my favorite low-level uh, encounters are things like goblins and ghouls and even wolves to some extent because they do specifically different and unique things in, in combat. But I also want to have things that make sense for you know, where you are at the time, the environment, and uh, also, you know, the difficulty uh, of, of the party. Um, and then on the topic of actual difficulty, I kind of have a couple of ideas, uh, mainly being like perceived threat versus actual threat. Um, I guess before I continue, did you have any, uh, any, any thoughts uh, so far? Well, in terms of low-level combat, I think that you do have a good range of perception for what low-level is. I think one to four is a perfect encapsulation of getting to know your character and figuring out what they do before they hit the level five power spike, you know, where full casters get their third level spells, uh, half casters get their second attack, and all martial classes get their second attack. So I like to think about levels one through four as introductory, especially if you're playing a character that is new to you in terms of class. Uh, race class combination that is new that you've never played before. I think that uh, these low-level encounters are very important. Um, me collecting my own thoughts, it's kind of funny to see how differently we write these down, um, where you are thinking about the construction of the encounter, whereas me, the player, is I'm always thinking about the perceived threat and um, how I can best conquer the the combat, whereas it seems like you and other DMs are thinking about how do I narratively create a fair fight, but also one that engages and potentially frightens the players. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I try not to... I try to steer away from creating this idea of like a balanced encounter. I don't really like that word when talking about encounters, because to me, the word balance implies a certain level of equality, um, where, you know, it, it, I don't want to make a bunch of fights where 
the enemies are equally as strong as the party. Because I think that just turns into a grind fest, um, and it creates this encounter after encounter of, hey, we almost died, but we just barely made it out, and that one took two hours, and it's like, you know, I don't want to create a bunch of those. I, I think it's good. It's better to have a, have a good variety and a good spectrum where you have more fights that clearly are in favor of the, of the players, and then every now and then when it's boss fight time, you have something that's pretty tough where someone might actually go down uh, as opposed to every fight is going to be a grind. I don't, I don't really like quote-unquote balanced encounters. I guess what would you say um, would be maybe different verbiage, or, or how would you perceive a an encounter to be fair then? Well, I can create I can create a perceived balanced encounter, you know, one that, that seems like it's going to be challenging without being mechanically on paper a good likelihood of being a TPK. And some of the ways that I do it anyways is behind this veil of what the party doesn't know, right? When you enter an encounter, um, there's things that you as the player figure out pretty quickly what the what the monster's initiative is. Uh, you figure out pretty quickly that, well, a 13 didn't hit, but a 14 just hit. Their AC is 14. You figure out how many actions they're going to get per turn. And... Are they a melee or versus a ranged uh, enemy? Those things are obvious. I can't really do much to mess with that. But the things that I can sort of hide behind and create these perceived threats are things like you don't know what their hit points are. You don't know what their attack bonus is, their plus whatever to hit. Was that big thing that they just did the one big thing that they're going to do and that's it? Or are they going to keep doing that? Are they going to do it the next turn too? Those sorts of things um, that I can sort of, sort of mess with. And I can also create this idea of a threat through how I describe them. You know, when the monster shows up and I describe this terrifying beast with these long, sharp claws, um, especially when I describe its size, if it's this towering thing looming over top of you and wings spread out from behind it, that's a bit different than, you know, there's a wolf that comes and attacks you. Um, and especially if you're playing online, last week we talked about online play, if you're looking at a gridded map or even in person and suddenly you see the, the token for the bad guy and it's three times the size of your players and you're thinking about what does that look like from a first person perspective if I'm actually in the dungeon and see this thing, we tend to think things that are bigger are going to be more terrifying and, and, and harder to beat. So seeing, seeing that, something bigger, creates this perceived threat. Um, and then just um, how you roleplay uh, a baddie, you know, can, can create this perceived intimidating threat. So it doesn't necessarily have to be mechanically balanced or a mechanically threatening enemy. We, you know, I can, I can make it seem like it's going to be threatening and I can use, you know, a bunch of other things too to create this sense of, of terror and fear. Okay, so your sense of urgency to overcome this is more grounded in role play and environment building? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I would say so. Which, you know, can be a bit of a challenge because then it kind of takes away from this idea of, uh, you know, variety of enemies, you know, right? I want to have things that do interesting things and aren't just movement attack or do a single attack. I want to have them do interesting things. But I also don't want to give myself way too many things to do on every turn. So it's a little bit of role play. It's a little bit of using the environment and using really good description um, without it being, well, he's going to hit for a third time with plus nine to hit and you take, you know, 4d10, you know, magical damage. Mm-hmm. Well, something that actually came up in um, in my one of my Sunday games is, I guess, minor 
minor baddies uh, or kind of building up to the lower level mini boss having legendary actions. And I know that may seem intimidating or, you know, like you said, you don't want to give yourself too much to do. But the the phrase legendary action always kind of instills some sort of fear in players or a sense of like needing to pay attention because this creature is not what it seems. And even if that legendary action is another attack, a tail slam, or they like shoot fire from their mouth or whatever, I think that even adding a variety of, well, this little mechanic makes the character a little bit more interesting as well. So I know like you were talking about goblins or, or wolves. We'll just say wolves. I know those a little bit better. Um, we all know a wolf is a wolf. It has pack tactics. It's going to try to face two, like two wolves are going to try to face you off in opposite directions so that they get pack tactics so they can get advantage. We as players know this, but wait, this wolf opens its mouth and frost starts to come out as you see this white light and it shoots this beam towards you. It's like, well, now what is this magical creature? What is this this normal thing that I thought is now doing something that I did not know that it could do? And I think the sense of the unknown also can instill a, a little bit of a fear in a good way. I mean, you don't want your players af- afraid of entering any combat, but I think Experienced players slogging through, or what I would perceive to be slogging through lower levels, especially when they have such excitement to get to the higher level stuff, adding little things like that, or or taking a, a weird stat block and reskinning it as something else and putting two legs on it and having it walk at you. Yeah, so I, I definitely I understand the the roleplay aspect. As a player, I like to have the mechanical differences be the thing that surprised me because that's that's the thing that I think about the most when I see my little grid here of what the battle map looks like I'm thinking well I know my character does this they can cast this spell they can do this or they can do this thing because I know what these creatures are and that's the game we're playing that's the strategy aspect of the game that we are playing but when the rules change a little bit, but and they're consistent rules, you know, we're not just saying, oh, well, actually, this dragon has five heads now. But, you know, consistent changes to to these lower level creatures can even make experienced players keep on their toes. And I think that can be really fun. I think that with low level combat like this, I think overall, low level combat can be fun because fighting is fun. We all like to read our spells, find out what they do, and try to use them creatively in a fight. And I think it's a good way of for players and DMs to test out the intensity of the world that they live in. Not every campaign is going to have the same type of wolf or the same type of goblin. They may not act the same way. Or you might live in a world where bandits have an extra arm for some reason. There was some radioactive thing and now humans have a third arm and then now they can do more than one attack per turn. You know, if it's a new campaign, DMs and players can get a feel for combat styles. So I think that low-level combat, this is all to say, low-level combat I think is very cool because it can, you can test a lot of things out um, and you can figure out what is important to you in combat. Is it going to be these RP sort of intense moments where the DM is describing this snarling, mangled, necrotic creature to you as it shambles towards your party? Or 
are you going to just mechanically say, all right, this thing uses a bonus action to dash and is going to use an action to cast this thing. Oh god, I didn't know it was a caster and I didn't know that it could bonus action dash. Using the combination of mechanics and RP can successfully create a sense of wonderment with low level because we all know that low level can suck sometimes. I know that in our rhyme campaign, some of these low level encounters are written by the book and it's I think sometimes it feels like wizards writes low level encounters for people to pick up as if there was this was their first campaign ever and they've never touched combat so they need to get a sense of like I think our our second fight was like goblins goblins and a couple polar bears and it's like well these are the mechanics and this is what they do but I I've been noticing more variety and like the 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 crag cats and then these massive dire wolves and now God, unfortunately, we're fighting Duragar, and we're still yeah, in, with that. we're still in low level. But it's also interesting because I, as a player, I feel like I'm in way over my head as a level four busting in on a Duragar like outpost, but big fortress uh, headed by a warlord. I, I did want to um, mention I like that idea. You you kind of went back uh, a, a bit here and, and talked about. Doing uh, using mechanics that kind of surprise you as as the player, and this idea of sort of using metagame knowledge to your advantage. You know, if you know that something, oh, I've played goblins before. I know exactly how they work. I know they have seven hit points. I know that they do this, and then all of a sudden they don't die after you dealt ten damage, and they do something you weren't expecting. All of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, what's what's going on here? I need to sit up and pay attention. Or this idea of introducing legendary actions to low-level bosses. I, I like this idea of using care, like player metagame knowledge to your advantage. That creates something interesting. And then um, this idea that uh, because it's low-level, the threat doesn't need to be a lot of damage. Low-level parties are much more prone to dying. And once you hit 5th level, you have more access to healing and resurrection, and you have a higher AC probably. There's just way less chance that you're going to actually fall. It does happen, you can, because hopefully you're fighting harder stuff. But at low level, um, you're more prone to dying, so the threat doesn't have to be big chunks of damage. It can be interesting mechanics you weren't expecting. It can be uh, he's going to attack twice, or do a thing you weren't, you know, you didn't think that he could do. I like that idea. I think that the biggest threat to a low-level party is a creature that does not die. I know that last fight that we had, there was like eight Duragar in a hallway, and uh, my character is a cleric, cast Guiding Bolt, and it did 3d10 radiant damage, and I rolled really high. It was like 27 damage, and you were like, all right, he takes it. Is that the end of your turn? And that caused (laughs) me to panic. Like, I thought 27 damage was a lot, and it looks like this Duragar kind of just shrugged it off. And so not dying, not doing the thing that I thought it was going to do also instills that. Now, okay, I don't I don't want to uh, encourage DMs to do this if they are not comfortable, if some people are rules as written and are very strict on combat. I, without metagaming, I will ask you and I will ask other DMs, um, how do you feel about fudging health numbers for roleplay or for instilling fear or engagement in uh, in low-level combat or just combat in general. I know I've done it before. I ran a one-off where uh, they were fighting this really big thing and 
to me, I, I don't know if I described it incorrectly or if, you know, they just felt very, very confident. I was like, well, you're only level 10 and this is a, this is a pit fiend with a couple other things here. And they, I, basically the whole first round of combat, I did not write down any damage that they did. I was like, ooh, that was a really good hit. I described all their hits. And then after the first round of combat, I was like, okay, now the, the DM shield is off this thing and now we're going to actually fight to maybe give them a sense of, am I not going to win this fight? Have you done yeah. that? Uh, yeah, so to pull back the curtain a little bit, there's this idea of um, uh, the dials of combat, and hit points is one of them. There are certain things I think you should not mess with in the middle of combat. I think you should do, you should mess with certain dials outside of combat, like AC and number of, number of attacks they get per turn. Um, that sort of stuff. You do that ahead of the game, right? You don't want to suddenly, oh, that suddenly for some reason they have an AC of 18 versus, you know, when before 14 was hitting. That's going to sort of seem like you're not not being a good DM, I would think. Um, but hit points, absolutely, that's one of the dials you can mess with in the middle of the combat in, in both directions, right? If your big bad suddenly is at two hit points because of some really good rolls and you wanted it to be this really good fight and it looks like it might be done in five minutes, yeah, maybe reconsider. And especially like if you're running something by the book, a lot of monsters in uh, the source, source books have way not enough hit points. So I often add a, a bunch more hit points, but especially like one scenario that I really don't like is when your party has gotten something down to one hit point, two hit points, and you just go around the table going, okay, who wants to try to hit this thing? And you guys keep missing. That's boring and sucks and it's not fun. Uh, unless someone wants to, you know, obviously be like, well, let's not kill it. Let's knock it unconscious and question it. You know, that's a different story. But just going around the table trying to deal that last killing blow, I'm not really for. So in those situations, if it's like, yeah, someone, especially if it's like a new player and they get it down to, you know, one, two, three hit points on their turn, that's the killing blow. That's it. I mess with the hit points in the other direction. because so I want to give them a cool experience too. Yeah, I... <laughs> You know, I think that's happened maybe once or twice when I've been in a game where we're just kind of basically throwing Skittles at this thing. We're not rolling great. We're barely getting in some damage. And then it's like, all right, I guess who wants to sneeze at this thing to knock it down? Because we finally whittled it down. Where I think my DM had said they, they were just waiting for like the strongest hit. Or like, I, th I think they metagamed a little bit and thought, well, this person really hasn't have a, had a kill in a while. So they've kind of just put the shield on until it was time to, to throttle up the damage and say, all right, you blow this thing's head off or you do the thing to make that player feel really good. Because, yeah, we are, you know, trying to play a game by the rules and we're trying to make sure that everything, everything feels fair and everyone has a good time. But we're also, like, th these are people's emotions. You know, you get frustrated as, as a player thinking that your character, well, mine's useless because I don't do that much damage. And it's like, well, yeah. You are correct. Um, some people just do less damage than others. Like, I know my cleric is not going to be out-damaging anybody in the party, but it does feel nice to get that last hit in there. So I think, you know, being able to mess with the dials, as you said, is important for players to feel like they are doing a good job or they are doing, they're doing well in a combat scenario, especially low-level, because it can... I think I said this before, but it can feel like a grind. You know, we especially experienced players, you know, the the rhyme group that we're playing in right now, all but one, this is probably like their third or fourth campaign, 
and low level can sometimes be a grind. So making messing with those knobs behind the scenes does make it a little less of a grind because we all know what's coming. You know, I know that I can cast Revivify at third level. I'm super excited about that. And I can get have access to these certain spells. And I know that like, you know, another player is playing the wizard. They get so many third level spells that are they're oh, really excited sure. about. But to get to that, it needs to feel earned and not just like, all right, well, I'm going to go XP farm and, uh, you know, right, kill a right. bunch of warthogs and goblins until my, my, my level up happens. We've talked about um, the narrative and, uh, and not just sort of going around the table trying to get that last killing blow because that's not fun. The fight's basically over when something's down to one or two hit points. So what's even the point? Um, so it, scaling back a little bit and looking at the bigger picture, the challenge for me as the DM is uh, creating a good story, a, a fun experience, right? I don't want to create something that's just going to TPK because that's not a fun experience or a good narrative, you know, um, without making it feel like I'm just handing the fight over to you. And especially in the middle of combat, you know, I don't want to, I want to let things play out as they would without simply handing you the victory, right? Um, and that's that's a challenge. It's especially challenging. I guess I'll, I'll pull back the curtain a little bit here again and say one of my challenges that is probably the biggest challenge I've faced so far as a DM is having you guys encounter something I know is going to be hard, but what happens if we get partway through that and I go, oh crap, this is actually way harder than I thought. How do I keep this story going and keep it from going completely off the rails where four players are re-rolling characters, right? I don't want to mm -hmm. do that either because that's not fun. But I also don't want to hand you the fight, hand you the win either. Right. You know, I, I think something could be said, um, and we may be getting a little off topic here, but I think something could be said to um, the ego of, I wouldn't necessarily say big bads, but the ego of humanoid people that you are fighting that are clearly besting you in a fight, I think something that may bruise the ego of, of a party enough to spur them into getting stronger or thinking uh, more tactically is a big bad that just kind of kicks them to the ground and doesn't kill them and says, you're not worth my time and walks away. Mm -hmm. um, so where nobody wins, you didn't die, so you're good, but you also didn't get the baddie, so you're not good. So it kind of maybe leaves you with this sense of, I need to finish what was started, and to do so, I need to get stronger. Yeah, what happens if you have to go back home with your tail between your legs? Right. I think that's another thing that maybe, as a player, I think I've encountered it once or twice, and I actually really, really enjoyed it. Because narratively, you got to see someone who is stronger than you, and you were threatened by them at a low level, and then maybe you come back higher level, and it's, uh, all right, square up. We're fighting now. I'm strong. I know you're stronger, but I'm stronger-er, so let's fight yeah. now. A different fail state that doesn't end in players rerolling characters. Right. It's a, it it is a it is a failure to complete the mission, but you do not die. So I think yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm just gonna agree with whatever we were just talking about. I just talked myself into a circle, and I'm gonna say <laughs> yes. I like that. <laughs> I like the idea of losing a fight that is low level, that is to spur you to continue the narrative. For sure. I do want to ask one 
uh, I guess, final question, kind of, I, I scaled back a little bit, talked about my bigger picture challenges. Uh, what, what bigger picture do you find fun about low-level encounters? Um, I love testing out. Like, this is, this is um, you know, out of character, out of game, bigger picture. I love testing out my ideas. I used to think of myself as a min-max or someone who I was like, I want to take this feat, I want to do this thing so I can do this thing. What I actually really enjoy doing is taking an idea that is either a narrative choice or is like a fun mechanic, and I just want to expound on that. I've talked about it in the previous season of Discussions of Dragons, but I had a character who was a tabaxi shadow monk that I just wanted to be the fastest character on the table. I, that's all I wanted to do was just to be a a rocket that runs around the battlefield. So taking these low-level encounters gave me the opportunity to hone that, to try to test that, and see if that would actually be a fun thing to continue to try to do. Um, you know, I was really excited for this rhyme campaign to play a Twilight Cleric. And low-level, I get to make use of a lot of low-level Cleric spells. I get to make use of a lot of the low-level Twilight Cleric features in multiple different ways. Yeah, I think that that is probably my favorite thing about low-level encounters is being able to test a new subclass that you've never played before and being able to test the boundaries of player to DM to how, how willing they are to put your character in danger. Okay, so for, so for you, it's less about like the actual perceived challenge and do you get to do your cool thing? Do you get to try out the new mechanics? Yeah, like... Because I know that low-level combat typically is used for narrative purposes as plot hooks, as the encounter engagement, I like to use low-level combat to test out things that I've never done before. Or, um, you know, I mean, it, it just kind of sucks. Later, like later levels, higher casters, you just get like, all right, this does... 6d12 damage and I'm like well that's cool it's a damage spell but being able to use low level spells creatively in a fight makes that more interesting for me doing things that because you know lower levels you kind of have the sense of like yeah I'm gonna beat this so I get to I get to try the fun stuff whereas later all right I'm fighting an adult red dragon there's no time for fun stuff there's no time you for like. You kind of need to like, use the best thing. Yeah, yeah. You, your efficacy and your uh, your action economy is paramount for fighting big things. So, fighting low level things is kind of like where the fun is, where the magic is. Whereas later, it's the work. We need to best this thing, or our it is life or death. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I think we both learned a lot today. I, as a DM, you as a player, I think we had a good chat, good discussion about low-level encounters. Yeah, for sure. I think as we're approaching about a half an hour, that's going to do it for our show this week. So I want to thank you all for stopping by and listening. And if you liked this episode, please check out our future episodes, which we're going to release every other Friday at 12 p.m. Central. Next episode, we're going to be talking about rules disagreements at the table and how players and DMs like them to be handled. This has been Discussions in Dragons. I'm Jaren. And I'm Britton. We'll see you next time. <laughs>